Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and not by Ronnie Martin. Uh, you know what we used to call him back in the old neighborhood, Pipe? What, we used did, to, what was that? We used to call him part-time. We used to call him Ronnie Part-Time Martin. <laughs> part-Time Martin. That's that's really good. Yeah, it's you it's know like, it's like all day Adrian Peterson, except yeah. except the opposite. PT, man. Yeah, PT for short, you know. His friends called him PT, everybody else called him part-time, but uh it was because you just couldn't count on him. You know what I mean? You can count on this guy. Uh he would he would be there one week and then gone the next, like uh tweeting uh, pictures of a beach or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, posting pictures of I, I the nice thing was when he posted that picture, at least he left his feet out of it, so it wasn't like the feet beach pick. But yeah, it was a picture of a coffee cup and beach saying this is my view for the next week or something like that, which is better than staring at a USB microphone, I guess. Yeah, because you know what? The last thing in the world I want to look at is a picture of some dude's feet. You know what I mean? Some some old middle-aged dude's yeah. feet. And the feet, feet that have been in like uh, like dress socks. You know what I mean? And, and nobody has pastier legs than pastors either. Like they're, they are translucent. They are so pasty. I don't know what it is. There's something about the pastoral role that just takes the melanin right out of the legs. Dude, it's all the slacks. It's all the slack wearing, you know? Hey, although that, although um, Ronnie doesn't strike me as the slacks wearing type. No, what what is what, what is uh, our friend part time wear to the office on a on a daily basis? He wears whatever jeans are slightly looser than skinny jeans, so they're like the yeah. the tapered jeans, but they're not like the your little sister's jeans. Yeah, like there's a little bit of a wrinkle in them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, like you, you could sit down in them without cutting off uh, like yeah. circulation to the rest of your body. You could crouch down and pick up dropped keys without splitting them. <laughs> that kind, of, yeah, that like th- yeah. those jeans, but they're cut kind of like skinny jeans. No, he's wearing that, and what do we, is he wearing? Is he rocking like a button down, or or what are we what are we looking at on top, man? Or like a like an ironic t shirt of some kind? I, I have I feel like well, I feel like he wears long sleeves year round. For I don't know yeah. if that's true, but he strikes me as a long sleeves year round guy. Pipe, here's what's funny about that: that is absolutely true, and he's a jackets year round guy. Oh uh, yeah, that it could be, be ninety three degrees in in July, and he's he's wearing like a military jacket. Okay, you know and, I mean? and so the two shirt styles. Now, one of these I'm fairly certain about, and that is just your standard flannel, like your your man's man flannel, not like your not like your cowboy shirt or, or like the the picnic table cloth flannel, but like a real yeah. flannel. The other one is like the uh, the Jack Bauer shirt, you know, where it's like <laughs> a it's got like the three buttons on the front, but it doesn't have a collar. It's sort of long underwear material, possibly. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that. I feel like those two would be standards. That kind of thing in the winter, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a layered look because then you can roll the flannel sleeves up over that. That's it, man. That's it. Dude, dude I, th- I think you're close, man. I think you're right on. You know, I'm, we, sure, we could, I'm sure he loves having his, uh, his style guessed at by his podcast hosts while he's off you know, tanning his translucent legs. Yeah, well, you know what? You're going to lay on the beach and take pictures of your gross old man feet. We're going we're gonna to do this about your clothing. That's so. right. Exactly. You earned that's, it. That's the way the game is played. Well, Pipe, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little worked up about something else, man. I'm going to get right into the content here. And you, uh, all right. Thank God, man. You finally said it. Uh, you wrote a blog post yesterday or two days ago. I don't know. Some at some point about how Christian dudes need to stop calling their wives hot in front of other people, right? I did write that post. Yes. It, this this is a phenomenon that has long uh, uh, incensed me because of how awkward it is. It's the so, worst. 
Yeah, dude, suss that out. Talk about the situations where it happens, and I'll share some things, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll just suss this thing out. All right. So it, you use the word awkward, and I think that's I think that is the starting point for this. I mean, you can get into objectifying women and those kinds of things, all legitimate sides yeah. of this. The real thing is, if somebody tells me that their wife is hot, there's there's one of two responses, both of which are wrong. Yeah, I can agree with them. Uh, and if I do so out loud, I'm probably earning myself possibly a, a punch in the face. Yeah, you're like, hey, you know, man, I'm glad yeah, you yeah. finally said it because Judas, we've all we've all been thinking That's the same right. thing for years. Yeah. No you know? joke, she's a smoke show. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, or the other is to disagree with them and be like, I don't know, man, like, e. Maybe a four out of ten, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's pro- probably more likely to earn you a punch in the face. And exactly. so, when somebody says that, I I suspect most guys are just simply not thinking. They're trying to uh, honor their wives and you know talk them up, which is good. That's a great mindset to have. However, calling your wife hot calls attention to one thing and one thing only and it is physical attractiveness which leaves it up to me to decide whether you are right or wrong and that's none of my business you should think your wife is hot you should not ask me to decide whether or not your wife is hot dude you said it it's a great mindset to be in and you know what it's also kind of implied in the whole marriage gig right yes like you you married this broad 15 years ago i i assume you think she's hot you know like you don't you don't have to there are ways to communicate that that actually do respect your wife. That's the thing is like calling her hot is 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 probably the – I mean there are less respectful ways to do it. But yeah. it is on the low end of the totem pole. It's low brow. Like if you called her lovely or beautiful or amazing or incredible yeah. or marvelous yeah. or talk about how much you respect her or how, how much you like you need her in your life. Like all of those things talk yeah. about her as a as a person. And they can include physical beauty. If you call somebody beautiful, usually it implies outside and inside. You call somebody lovely that speaks to their personality as well as how they look. But it's not just a straight up like when you say hot, you're talking about a one to ten scale. That's it, man. That's like it. it's you're it, you're simply cars are hot. Like you see a, you see a you know a new <laughs> Ferrari roll by, you're like that is a hot ride. But Dude, let me uh, let me ask work. you this, man. Because here here's part of my beef with this whole thing. Uh, I want to ask you what what context do you see this in? Because I I see it sometimes when, uh, you know, there's a guy he's up front, uh, he's speaking, and it seems like part of the standard shtick nowadays is to to give a little shout out to your lady and, and tell the audience how hot she is, such that everyone just goes ah, oh, you know what I mean? What a sweetheart! What a what a what a lovely man he is to think of his his wife, you know? And it, and it just seems so contrived to me. It seems like just a a little rhetorical device to get people to think you're a real sweetheart. Uh, yes, I think that is it. And then you see the same thing roll over onto social media where people, uh, you know, hashtag date night. And, oh, hashtag uh, date night, yeah. And then, and then like hashtag hot wife, hashtag hot wife, hot life, hashtag smoke show, hashtag, you know, whatever. Like I see these things. These are not just me making stuff up to, to uh, puff up my own point. And, and honestly, when I see that and okay – I guess it could be that I'm the shallow one here and I'm the I'm the only one who thinks this way but when I see somebody call out their wife is hot I have to suppress the instinct to decide whether or not I agree with them because it's not my business to agree with them or disagree it is their business to think their wife is hot I would even venture that you can't suppress the instinct you know what I'm saying it's it's yeah, humanly it's- impossible 
if, if some dude is showing you a picture on you know on Instagram about his hot wife, he's inviting you to judge. Yeah, and and I I feel like now I I have received lots of responses from this. Now, granted, most of them are on Facebook, which is where all the Trumpians hang out, and the 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 let's just say sort of the dregs of society comment on Facebook <laughs> things, the dregs of of Christian commenting society, <laughs> and a lot of people missed the point of the whole article because my favorite response Dude, was, "Did you get heat for this?" Oh, uh, I got the vast majority of people were like, "Thank you." Thank yeah, you for saying serious. what we all feel about the awkwardness. But there, there were there were there were two responses. One of which was absurd, and the other of which I thought was I may write a follow up post on because it was actually intriguing. Right. So the first one, the absurd one, is, but my wife is hot. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> Just face, but, but face palm right the point there. completely, which is how hot my wife is. That's right. But she is hot. Yes, that's that's dude, who is this? Who is this commenter? Tom Brady. <laughs> You know, like really, I mean, I mean, I think is I don't even think Tom Brady's ever publicly said his wife is hot and she's actually like makes money off of her looks. And so it's yeah, that one just made me laugh because I did was, he include a picture of his wife, this guy. Uh, no, thankfully he didn't because uh-huh. I, I'm not sure that would have helped. And I, judging by his picture. Yeah, mm, he would have had to really outkick his coverage to have a wife who, <laughs> who would fit the bill. Um, but but the second response, and this was an interesting one, was, well, what do we do with uh, Song of Solomon and and in light of publicly praising the attractiveness of a spouse? And I guess the short response that I have for that is uh, there's a distinct difference between calling your wife hot and writing a Holy Spirit-inspired allegorical poem. Right, like beautiful piece of literature yeah, about your wife. A, a, and and. And co-authoring it with your spouse where you're writing right. a response back and forth about the beauties of romance and marriage as a whole. That's different than hashtag hot wife. Sorry. Hashtag hot wife or like standing on a stage and throwing out some flip comments so that everyone says, ah. Oh. Right. And right? and the thing is I – when I hear a pastor – commend or compliment his wife, let's say pastor, conference speaker, whatever from up front, yeah. some of those things sound uh, – they sound really – they're really nice because they're saying I really want to – you know, my wife is home with two sick kids and has allowed me to be here and whatever else. Like right, that right. is a – that's a, a thankfulness for a it's sacrifice. Thoughtful. Like there's yeah. some thoughtfulness to it. <laughs> As know? opposed to like I'm here with my hot bride. Like, yeah, well, first of all, she has not been your bride since the day you got married. She is now your wife. Bride is a very short-lived thing. Uh, second of all – don't call her hot. Like that's really yeah. what this all boils down to. Just stop for the yeah. love of all of our ears and awkwardness. Stop. Dude, you know how this hits me? It's sort of like uh, those guys like who, who, you know, on Valentine's day, they buy a, you know, 36 flowers or whatever, because the rest of the year they're crappy husbands. You know what I mean? <laughs> it th- it strikes me as the same kind of thing. Like if I, I you know, if I threw you a little hot comment on, uh, you know, social media, it, it makes up for the fact that I'm a, you know, uh, non-attentive, you know, cretin the rest of the time. Yes. And I, I will say I felt very validated by the number of married women who gave a thumbs up to this post either on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and just said thank you because they – that means that – that there are lots of women who do not feel like this is something that honors them. Like they're not, they're not sitting there going, Oh, I wish my husband would do that publicly. Yeah. Like the, you're not making other people jealous. You're not proving anything except your own just, relative shallowness. I think you're making your wife feel weird. Yes. You know, 
and everybody I mean, imagine else. If the, imagine if like the, the, the shoe was on the other foot. You know, our wives are on Twitter all day going, ah, that Barnabas, he's so hot. You know, he's a real dime piece that I snagged. <laughs> You know? Oh, dime piece. You listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, I take it. Yep. Yep. Oh, that yeah. No, that exactly. Yeah. If you were on the other side, you'd be like, hey, why don't you uh why don't you ease up on that with the uh the the hot the hot husband thing? That's a little weird. Exactly. Exactly. Because no dude are all right, no dude our age, besides like Brad Pitt and Tom Brady, are actually hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the, well, the list is small, is what I'm saying. It's very true, and uh, we all wish we could be them, but we're not. We do. We yeah, do. I mean, we're not. And which we're means, humans. yeah, it's it's uh, it's a we, we are equally as shallow as as women who who uh, worry too much about looks. They just take the heat for it. Um, that's right, man. The body image thing runs both ways. You know. Can, can you imagine? Have you have you ever seen Trip and Tyler's video about Twitter in real life? No, where they it's two guys sitting in a coffee shop and it's it's they're basically talking in tweets or one of them is talking in tweets and the other guy's pointing out how dumb it is. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Imagine doing that with the hot wife thing. Like oh. you, you walk into you walk into the nice Italian restaurant you're taking your wife to uh, for for hashtag date night, uh-huh. and you just. You just shout to the whole room about how hot she is. You just walk in, you're like, here with my hot date. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. That, That'd be great. She'd feel so validated. I know. She would smack you and run away. Like, maybe one in a million women would feel like that was a, like that was a really respectful, honoring thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. Well, interesting, man. I'll uh, keep me posted on the kind of uh, the kind of feedback you're getting on that. I was really glad you wrote it, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Dang it, I wish I'd written that." You know what I mean? Because I've been thinking it for years. Like, Which this is, is that's a great compliment as a writer. If somebody else says, yeah. "I wish I had written that," because you feel like it, there's just there's a sense of validation. Dude, totally. And and it was it, right place, right time, man, for sure. So. Uh, and I so, got yeah. I got the Tim Challey's uh, stamp of approval on it too. He linked to it, which which is always nice for blog traffic as well. Dude, no way Chally's approves of that thing, huh? Wow, That's right. Man. So uh so I kn- I know that uh the conservative reformed crowd thinks much of of not calling your wife hot. Dude, I feel like those are some of the biggest perps on this thing though, you know? Well, I feel like- maybe maybe it'll come around because Chally's got behind it. Maybe if Chally's tells them what to do, man, they'll they'll shut it down on the hotness comments. We can I mean, it's like those uh those those like t-shirts or like bumper stickers that say I love my wife. You know what I mean? Have you yeah. seen this? It's like again, man. Kind of, I don't know. Kind of implied in the whole. I just act it, that you're married to your wife. It, there, there is a Chris Rock bit, and I feel like I've brought it up on this podcast before, where he talks about people bragging about things they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and they talk about how they're, you know, I take care of my kids, and he's like, "What you want a bleeping cookie? You're supposed yeah, right. to take care of your kids." That's <laughs> exactly. that's kind of where this falls into. Indeed, man. Indeed. Yeah, you want a pat on the back. You want us to think you're a big sweetie. Well. uh Dude, let's let's move on, man. We got a really uh, really thoughtful question actually from a listener. Uh, we did something we hadn't done in a while, which is uh, give a shout out to everybody and ask for uh, what they wanted ranted about. And uh, let me just take this moment to uh, to thank all the people on uh, on Twitter and all the people that follow us on iTunes and uh, even Facebook. I, allegedly, we have a Facebook page, and um, so thanks to everybody who's listening and like, absolutely like throwing us ideas and uh, and all that stuff, man. It's really it's really really fun. This to, is uh, far more interesting because we have listener participation. Oh, so true, man. So true. So so this was the question, and it was it was really interesting. Um, accountability partners, right? Like, do do we have them? Do 
Does it work? Um, is that just a buzzword? Is that just a thing that you feel like you're supposed to have as a Christian dude? Um, she just wanted us to riff on accountability partners. And um, I, I'm going to take this in a little different direction, man, because I, I, I think maybe what the listener was angling for was, you know, for us to do some some slashing and burning of the concept of <laughs> accountability partners and how I'm it's sure. dumb and antiquated or whatever. But but I have to tell you, man, I, it, you know, and, it, and it's weird, the semantics here, but so there's this guy you know he's 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 definitely like best friend category but but we talk every week and and we talk about accountability type stuff and also a bunch of other stuff and um you know that aspect of it probably ratcheted up like 5 years ago or so but um i'm completely like thankful for this guy you right. know what i mean because <clears throat> and i don't know if you kind of call it just like having a good, a good friend or accountability or whatever but um you know, those sin kinds of questions and those issues and those things that you can tell somebody else like, yeah, I was thinking about this or, you know, I was disappointed in myself for that or whatever. Like we totally have that. So yeah. as much as I would love to sit here and like kind of bash the concept of uh, of accountability partners, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for this guy. Well, and uh, I think what you're talking about is 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 where accountability is at its best. And that is accountability is really just holding a friend to a standard that they should live by and the reciprocal, which is allowing yourself to be held to. And if you have healthy friendships, which is something I think that a lot of people don't have, which is why the accountability partner sort of construct has been right. Maybe, maybe overdone. Yeah. Yeah. Is, but yeah, you just have friends who you can go to and say, Hey, I'm going, I'm going through this right now. Either, any, any anything it could be it could be a depression struggle it could be a right. sin thing it could be a marriage thing and just say hey can you guys pray for me help pray me out me. check in yeah. on me and ask me about this again yeah you know, and a good friend will and you give permission yeah. to say hey if you see me if you see me stepping out of line you know grab me by the collar either literally or figuratively and and right. sh- shake some sense into me and that's that's friendship now there have been times uh in in my life where i did the more like construct accountability partner where it's like we're going to meet on Thursday mornings at X o'clock to to talk through these things and that I think I think that can have value but I think almost inevitably it falls into the go around the circle with a a small group of people everybody admit to the same sins you admitted to last week yeah you know what I'm struggling to have my quiet time you know, yeah, that's, or that's you know, you if you're in college, you're looking at porn. If you're like, right. it's just it's it's every single week. It's yeah. the same thing, and the guys are all like, "Well, I guess you shouldn't do that anymore." And let's do this again next week. Yeah, and and so there's, <clears throat> but it's missing the sense of like real investment right. by me to stop sinning and by yeah. them to help me stop sinning. There's not a sense of like I really care about your soul, so let's. Let's dig into this. There's not the the check-ins between week to week. You just sort of know that going into Thursday morning at six o'clock, you right. just gotta have like fess up. It's it, it becomes almost like a confession to the priest kind of thing. Yeah, you know, go yeah, and sin no exactly. go and sin no more, my son, kind of thing. And and uh, that that aspect of a, the accountability. I mean, anytime the accountability is not like a willing desire to grow out of whatever you're struggling with it's not really accountability it's just kind of a silly construct exactly dude let me ask you this man i feel like you know since i've been 
around or whatever the 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 whole about accountability thing has always been in the context of like dudes and porn and and all that yes like do do chicks have accountability partners you know what i mean and if so like what for you know what i'm saying you know i i've asked various women over the years that same kind of thing and a lot of it from what they have told me is there's a there's a very different relational dynamic there where like if if you found out that I was doing something I shouldn't do, whether, I mean, it could be, it could be a, a sexual sin. It could be a, you know, thieving, cheating kind of thing. Mm-hmm. As a guy, your instinct would be to get in my face and say, knock that crap off. Like yeah. you need to stop. And there's, so there's sort of an aggressiveness to it and sort of a, a bit of a fighting mentality. We're going to fight right. against the sin. We're going to fight against the person sinning, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I think with, my understanding, not speaking from the perspective of a woman, is that the relational dynamic there is different because there's a lot more sharing, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure there's a lot of confrontation. And I don't yeah. know if that's a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing. I don't know if that's an innate di- uh, relational dynamic or just, or again, something where it's like, we're, we just don't go there. We don't, we don't press in and say, you need to quit that. Um, right. <clears throat> but I, I don't think it's the same kind of thing where it's like, get together Thursday morning to, to talk about this specific subset of sins. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't see that either, man. And, uh, I don't know. It's just an interesting, like church culture difference between like, you know, men and women, men's culture and women's culture. But I also think, I mean, I I do think what you said about accounting accountability being in the context of like anything, sexual sin, porn, lust, whatever. I think that has tainted the word accountability yeah. Because because it because it cheapens it from holding me accountable to I don't know my my character I guess right. as a whole right. you know like we 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 will hold somebody accountable by putting you know uh, covenant eyes on their computer but not like hey just don't be a tool like yeah. be more humble or whatever it is and those are things that we need accountability for as well because those are the more like moment to moment struggles yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can, you can be a, you can be a lifelong tool and nobody's really calling you on that. You know what I mean? And you can be a lifelong tool about never having looked at porn. So then you become a a self-righteous prig. Then you're an arrogant Yeah. You're just looking down on other people. Who's probably lying anyway, you know? Oh, I always, I just assume any guy who says he hasn't looked at porn is lying. Me too, man. Me too. All right, Pipe, let's uh, let, let's go to the last thing, man. This is another great one. Was this a, was this like a, a listener thing or did you come up with this? This was uh, it was inspired by listeners and readers, uh, okay. so it, it wasn't a direct question. Yeah, yeah. So, so you and me, uh, in our writing and in our talking, um, you know, we we use some sarcasm. We we do satire. Uh, Gut check. My little publishing company does a lot of satire. Um, we've both been accused at times, and, and rightfully so, probably, of being snarky. Um, so On occasion, yes. Yeah. So the thought was we should discuss the difference between sarcasm, satire, and snark and the place for each. And uh, I, I just think this is a fabulous idea. Um, I, I guess I'll start. Um, I'll, I'll just start by talking about sarcasm. Um, I feel like sarcasm is the thing that you discover in like middle school. You know what I mean? And it's like a... <laughs> It's like a jolt of light from the heavens and you go like, wait a minute, there's a way for me to deal with all this awkwardness and uncomfortableness I'm feeling because of the fact that I'm in sixth grade or whatever. And it's to just be sarcastic about everything. And for a while, that's really fun. 
And I, I think that's sort of like the it, it's it's sort of the like the the marijuana, like the gateway drug of of all these things. Like you start with sarcasm. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah, and being a sixth grader, you don't have a great sense of like nuance and timing, right. and and no, like you're just doing healthy it all and unhealthy. Time. Yeah, it's just just a fire hose of sarcasm. It's a fire. It's a carpet bombing of of sarcasm all the time. Dude, now suss out one of these other categories for me, though. So, so I the the, the reason this jumped into my head was because so I wrote the post about don't call your wife hot and. Yeah. Uh, and I did it in a fairly uh, sarcastic manner, where I just sort of, I I poked fun at the at the context in which this is done and kind of how awkward it is. Yeah. And I had people who said you're snarky, which I get on Twitter, you know, seven times a week. Yeah. And then I had people who asked, "Is this satire?" The answer is no. It's not satire because yeah, I was no. Making, it's like you, it's you literally saying what to do. Right. No. Know? It's, so sa- yeah. satire is is a. Uh, is like writing something fictional or writing something that isn't to talk about what is, you know, it's, or, or to, to draw out a point. So like Babylon B is this website that was started a couple months ago and it's all Christian satire and they're doing a a pretty good job with some pretty hilarious stuff. So they're drawing out points about, about things we can laugh at or things we should think about by writing satirical posts. So things that didn't happen to write about what did that's satire. Right. Also, what gut check does a lot of and well, and then snark is just sort of a tone. So right. it's like, and it can be, it can be really negative, or it can just be sort of like just a little bit biting, a little and bit so, of an edge to it. Yeah. And so, like, was the post that I wrote sarcastic? Yes, a little bit. Was it snarky? Yes, a little bit. It was not satire. And so, I guess my thing is just, I, I want. There are too many people who just don't get it. They don't have right. a sense of humor. They don't. Uh, they can't quite figure out how it works. So it's like they skipped the sixth grade or something, and they they never got the uh, like they never got bit by the sarcasm bug. And so when it comes out, they're either offended because they think you're serious, or they're offended because they think you're you're making fun of somebody in a mean way. And Dude, they, or they're offended because they just don't get it. Like they yeah. don't know what's going on. Yes. It's it's like being in a room where everybody else is speaking French and you're speaking English, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so is I guess the 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 follow up question is sort of what's the place of of humor, per- particularly sarcasm and snark? Because satire, I think satire is an art form. Like satire is pretty straightforward. Like it's, it's a lit, it's like a genre. It is. It's a genre, absolutely. And and I think I happen to think it's the most of the three. It's probably the I don't know, the most commendable, maybe. I don't know, because it takes the most time and you're you're I hate this word, but you're intentional about it. You right. know what I mean? Like you're you're setting out to try to do a thing on the page. You can't flippantly do uh satire. You can't just yeah. sort of like flippantly yeah. toss out a satire line. Like exactly. satire is a it's a story, it is a context. I mean it's you know, Stephen L. Trogi, former co host of this show, uh, has done some of those where he talk you know and and it's a fictional context. I mean, it's there. Right. There's a there's a there's craft that goes into that. Right, like actual work goes into it. You know, sarcasm is something that you can, and probably often do, just pull off conversationally. You know, yeah. Um, you know, you're throwing out sarcasm if you're in the right like meeting with the right people or whatever. You're sitting by the, like the the funny guy at work, and you happen to be sitting by him at the staff meeting, and you guys are slinging sarcasm back and forth, and and. 
you know, those are the good moments, man. Um, but, but yeah, like there are people, there are people in the world who just, who just don't have that gear at all, you know, yes, at all. And it's, it goes back to the, the earnest people thing we were talking about last week, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the ones who just, they, they either sort of shake their heads sadly because they feel bad that, that you are a sarcastic person or they kind of get on their, their righteous high horse about it. Yeah. Like, like really like pipe too far, you know, too, you ever had somebody tell you too far? I, I have, well, yes, goodness yeah. sakes, yes. The, my, <laughs> my favorite is, well, why don't you tell us what you really think? Yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, I, I am. Do, do you want me to go further? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I could be meaner, you know. <laughs> I didn't, I was trying to find that balance between like having an edge and being a jackass. So let's, <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure here. If you, if you want me to disregard even trying to find that balance, I could, I could do it. And I mean, obviously, sar- sarcasm is something that, that has to be, wielded carefully because it it can be hurtful right and and it can definitely be a defense mechanism like it can be somewhere where while that's helpful to kind of get yourself out of awkward situations it's bad if you're if you're sort of deflecting something you need to take more seriously or if you're you know kind of downplaying something that needs actual thoughtful interaction and i do that sometimes you know you i do too yeah guilty as charged man or i think if you're if you're using it to sort of and this strikes at a spiritual issue. I mean, if you're using it to like as a means of dealing with the world that isn't that doesn't involve Christ, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, if your life is hard or your situation is is difficult and you're just, uh, you know, reacting to it by like hardening your heart and being bitter and the bitterness, you know, manifests itself in all this uh, sarcasm and snark, then, you know, um, then, yeah, I think it, I think it is problematic. But I I do think that like snarkiness as a whole, so just sort of that like a little bit of an edge, that pointed that pointed edge on things, is something that uh, if if wielded well is yeah. really a beneficial thing because because okay so think about this you when when you are uh, if you want to attack something that you disagree with so let's take our mm-hmm. current political context right which is. A hot mess of dog do. I mean, it is just <laughs> the worst. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You can either describe it in all of the negative terms you know. Right. You can extricate yourself from it altogether and not engage. Or you can find a pointed, humorous way to address things. Sure. Which is a way to make points without sounding like a blowhard. And... And kind of engage people and actually – so whether it's about whether it's about Trump or Clinton or Sanders or, or Cruz. I realize Sanders and Cruz are kind of non-entities at this point. Yeah. But, uh, but that, that snarky edge, if, if not taken too far, is, is actually a really beneficial thing for making negative statements in a non-negative way. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. Now, in this – media saturated uh everyone trying to be funny all the time environment we live in would you agree with the following statement um there are a lot of people trying to be sarcastic slash snarky that aren't that aren't any good at it oh yes do you see this yes and it's it's like watching sixth graders on twitter yeah that's true and and a lot of people are like they'll be like trump's an idiot and you're like that's not sarcasm that's an insult like that's not (laughs) There's nothing clever about name calling for right. like, that's not 
I imagine Donald Trump thinks he's a he's a witty, sarcastic person when in fact he is just an insulting blowhard. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, I think in social media is since everybody has an outlet, you just see people and and you watch people and you're like that that was that was a really awful attempt at yeah. Uh, at humor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. So pe- people uh, people are doing this who shouldn't be doing it. Yes. And and you see it a lot when people are imitating those who do it well. So right. so we've talked about Bill Simmons on this podcast before and how he, he had a writing style. He sort of popularized a writing style 10, 12, 15 years ago yeah. that then like a, a banner crop of imitators came up after him and tried to do the same kind of thing. Right. And, and most of them were horrific. Exactly. Like there's a guy for, uh, I want to say CBS Sports – who uh who covers college football what is his name um uh, I don't uh, know Clay Travis no uh that's a singer isn't it I forget his name but he's he's a guy who who did the whole Simmons sort of snarky thing yeah but but he just is like a misogynist jerk face now who's he's he's more like a uh he's more like a Stephen A Smith crossed with Bill O'Reilly kind oh, of man. kind of personality yeah and uh and you're like, that's what happens when you don't have this – you don't have the right balance of yep. of snark and an actual good perspective. That's yeah. the thing. It's like it only works if you have something worth saying. Well, dude, and, and, and nothing can – nothing is going to work if you're just trying to do a shtick. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. If you're trying to do something that's not like manifestly yours, it's just not going to work. It's going to look lame, you know? Yeah. People are going to – are gonna, and people are going to like out it as lame. Because they can see, and as um, some as somebody who really enjoys being snarky and funny and making other people laugh, when you are simply doing it to get a reaction, it it always falls flat, or it always crosses the line. That's because true. because you're not gauging, like you're not triangulating. Do I have something worth saying? Am I saying it in the right way? And am I being funny? You only have like one of those things and it's am i being funny and that's that's not a real good gauge for for a starting point no man i'm glad you said that that's absolutely right and and yeah let me be the first to admit man i'm a i'm a seasoned veteran of line crossing you know what i mean <laughs> and, and you know when you do it and you feel horrible yeah you, know? you, like, you immediately feel like oh what a, dude you feel like yeah you feel douche. like the biggest heel and then the room stops and everybody gets all uncomfortable and you're like yeah i did it and then right. yeah i'm i have uh I have written and said more apologies in my life for verbal line crossing as a joke. You know, it's always yeah. I didn't mean it that way, but I really I, crossed I, the line. <laughs> absolutely, man. Oh, that's the worst feeling. Maybe we I should apologize hope- to listeners. What's that? Maybe we should just apologize, like a blanket apology f- for this podcast. I used to do that all the time. I used to do it like every episode. On yeah, I know. And maybe it's been a minute. Maybe maybe we should now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything all the time. <laughs> blanket <laughs> apology for my words. Actually, I don't time. think I, I don't think we said anything that horrible today, man. This is one of those that I can walk away from and feel pretty. Well, if somebody uh, is a Trump voter, I probably offended them, but I also don't feel too terribly bad about it because uh, he's about to offend the rest of the country. So true, true. Yeah, yeah. I think you can you can sleep well, man. Well, we have uh, we have done our usual thing, which is to wander uh, to and fro uh, throughout these topics. It's been a blast. Thanks to the boys at uh, Resonate Recording. Uh, as always, for making us sound good, pipe. You're the you're the business mogul. You're sort of the Trump of this podcast in, in yes. terms of having like like business things always in the in the hopper for us in terms of sponsors. So we're gonna have some new 
uh, sponsorships here real soon to drop on people. Um, some new opportunities, some new ways to spend uh, your your cashiche. To steward your funds. Steward your funds to get your little Dave Ramsey envelopes out and start start making it rain all over these sponsors of ours. So uh, yeah, a couple couple of weeks we'll have uh, we'll have some new some new things in that area. But uh, pipe, this has been fun, man. And until next time, uh, Rachel the Held Evans. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.